When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast that will never succeed from everyone in America. Oh, God. I just, I can't. So many fuckers need to know. I, although, I don't know that I would put that at the top of my list of shit to fix when people fuck it up, but, like, it's way up there. <laughs> Wait, I'm not sure I pronounced that right. We'll never suck seed from everyone uh, in America. Oh, despite our best efforts. Uh, I'm Mike Johnson. <laughs> I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And, hey, Kyle. Hey, Mike. Um. You you were you weren't you, you were going for the the succeed pun as opposed to the like succeed versus succeed yeah oh, I was I was trying to do a little bit of both <laughs> I appreciate you uh, today we're going to talk it. about uh, like I was just on that last joke alone well, <laughs> well, I don't know if, do I need to do that one over do I need to do something better do we yeah, do we need to do this all better okay no, it's fine nobody's listening okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This was fun already. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about being alone. We're going to talk about being alone. Uh, but first. But first, yeah, we're not even like dabbling with like an explanation or anything because I don't know that I'm ex- how excited I I don't know. Yeah, but first, let's just. But first, uh, a quick piece of correction feedback. Okay. Uh, Chase, the math teacher, let me know after our sitcoms episode that Modern Family is no longer on the air. They had the series finale this year in April of 2020. Uh, so, uh, I, my prayers were answered. They've been, they're now, they're, they're done. They stopped. <laughs> I don't understand your dislike for modern family. Like, Me neither, but it's become irrish- a thing and I'm just going with it. <laughs> Isn't that how the, this podcast sometimes works is like, you kind of half-heartedly say something and now like you're forced to believe it much stronger than you ever were before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Great. 100%. Great. Um, okay. Uh, you ready for the news? Am I ready for the new 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 news? Oh, I liked that little dissonance at the end. Okay, um, news the first. Great. I immediately thought of you. An openly gay Texas teenager has called out his high school after he was given in-school suspension for wearing nail polish. I saw this. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor Wilkinson, 17, said he originally received the suspension on Monday. This is last Monday. Um, after he returned from Thanksgiving break with his nails painted, which violates his school's dress code. His nails are great. They've got like multicolored flames on them. I don't know. They look like Monster Energy logos, <laughs> but maybe yeah. that was just me. <laughs> no, I don't. I'd, I'd see that. I, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay, this uh, this controversy brought to you by Monster. Uh, yeah, <laughs> release the gay monster within you. Wait, <laughs> hold on. Uh, uh, so he goes to Clyde High School and is a senior. And Clyde is a town of just under four thousand people. It's about 135 miles west of Fort Worth. So it's not just Texas; it's Texas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, how many miles west? A hundred. <laughs> 135 miles if west of Fort Worth. So, like, barely west of Fort Worth in well, Texas terms. Well, <laughs> when, like, the closest town is over 100 miles away to have, like, a any kind of point of reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
their dress code specifically says that men are not allowed to wear nail polish and uh, that the student violating the dress code will be given an opportunity to correct the problem at school, to which Trevor said, nah, fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm keeping it. <laughs> he started a change.org uh, petition, which the last time I looked at it uh, w- had 200,000 signatures. Damn. Uh, he said, quote, it's really sad to me because I feel like it's 2020 and we should be progressing and not taking steps back. And it makes me really sad because I know that there are other people who feel like this and feel like they can't express themselves and that they never will be able to because of people like this who are not open minded enough to see another perspective i'm not taking off my nails and i'm staying in iss in school suspension because it's completely wrong and i just it's just one more example kyle of the youth of today is going to save america (laughs) like they they give zero fucks they stand up they speak truth to power they're amazing and i love them and like doing shit that i never would have done like (laughs) i didn't come out in high school much less like stand up to authority i was too busy bending my will towards anyone and everyone that told me what to do like yeah so yeah yeah, good for him yep good for him trevor if you want to come on the show we'll 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 do it are we left how old is he again (laughs) he's 17 is that i can I can stop talking about jizz for long enough to have an interview with somebody. Oh my God. Can we have one non-explicit episode? <laughs> and say, hey, kids, this is the one you can this listen to. This is for to. you, kids. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, an episode about high school. That might be good. Oh. We can get the actual, actual high schoolers. Um, I was looking at the numbers today, and we have a lot of listeners under 18, and we should not probably oh. admit that publicly. Well, it's not... <laughs> You, we shouldn't do the thing you just did. Yeah, great. Um, but like, I mean, we can't control. That's your hey, eighteen year olds and under. You're not allowed. This isn't allowed for you. <laughs> Which always works, Kyle. Well, I mean, we said it then. Yeah. Uh, news the second. Are you ready? Yeah. So, Deb Price. Thanks to fucking Dan for sending me this one. Deb Price, who was the first columnist on gay life in mainstream american media has passed away at the age of 62 um so gay life so she's the first nationally syndicated lesbian columnist who wrote regularly about being gay oh oh, um she wrote the lesbian uh, carrie bradshaw that's what i heard that's that's pretty close great yeah except uh talented um (laughs) so she she talked about everyday domesticity telling readers for instance that she and her partner joyce murdoch had bickered over whether to get air conditioning in their new convertible she wrote about gardening together she described going to her partner's high school reunion uh this is from the new york times article quote she wanted to convey that being in a committed same-sex relationship wasn't all that different from being in a heterosexual one except maybe for the presence um quote we watch our siblings get eight silver trays 12 pickle forks a fondue pot and a trip to hawaii for settling down and then our relatives give us a hard time or nothing at all Mm. um she wrote 900 columns over 18 years and believed that they might have had something to do with the reversal in cultural attitudes that led to the legalization of same-sex marriage in 2015 uh, she died November 20th at a hospital in hong kong where she lived with uh, ms murdoch who by then was her wife Miss Price was 62. Damn. Yeah. 
Yeah, she started writing. Uh, her column made its debut on May 8th of 1992, which was, you know, that's the height of we're terrified by AIDS. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're talking about DOMA at that point is yeah. five years before Ellen came out. Um, wow. So, yeah. If that, yeah. someone needs to make that into a podcast, just like reading her. Reading her column? Yeah. Well, like, don't give away the idea, Kyle. Well, we are no. not lesbians, so we can't do it. <laughs> so oh. uh, give away the idea to lesbians. All right. Hey, lesbians. Hey, lesbians. If hit- you want an executive producer for your podcast yeah. that we just wrote for you. Hit me up. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, news the last? Yes. Sorry, I was about to drink. Drink. Great. News the last. So <laughs> the Supreme Court of the United States... Uh, this last week declined to take up an appeal from parents in Oregon who want to prevent trans students from using locker rooms and bathrooms of the gender with which they identify rather than their sex assigned at birth. So this one of these bathroom bills that we keep having to fucking fight all over the place was was working its way up through the courts, uh, up through the Ninth Circuit Court, which is actually typically pretty liberal. So the Ninth Circuit Court ruled that the school district did not violate students' constitutional rights or a law that protects people from discrimination based on sex in education programs. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got turned around. So the parents said, you can't let the trans kids use the bathrooms and locker rooms. The school said, yes, yes, they can. Mm. And then the lower courts said, yeah, the school is right. Mm. And and so this went all the way up to the Ninth Circuit Court and then was appealed to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, nah, we're not even going to listen to it, which a lot of stuff happens because the Supreme Court doesn't do anything <laughs> like the Supreme Court pretty often just says, nah, we don't we this, just let let it keep rolling. Yeah. And so basically this this is a. Uh, it's kind of anticlimactic, but it's a victory for trans rights because the Supreme Court basically said, yeah, we just don't even care anymore. No, <laughs> just just stop. That, uh, to me, might be the way that a conservative Supreme Court could still like do the right thing without being as publicly scrutinized as if they just say no. Like it, may, it takes a little bit of the burden off of them to make their own decision. I wonder if that's – Yeah. I mean that's or- – that's the sort of what happened with Trump's lawsuit about the election this week, right? Like ultimately the Supreme Court just said no, we're not gonna listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Like you you don't get your day in court because what you're asking is that stupid. Which is why Texas is, you know. I liked your tweet about Texit. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah. This is we're ending twenty twenty with a Texit. <laughs> <laughs> so <Great>. good. <laughs> uh anyway, that's the news. That's the news. Um well, you know what's uh, better than a conservative Supreme Court is a a court giving us money of Patreon. <laughs> I don't know. There's no. I, didn't, I thought I would find it as I was saying it, but um, I want to say thank you to the people that have given us money on Patreon. Uh, this week I want to thank Francois Tremblay. I assume because the C in Francois has a little squiggle under it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's uh, the last name? Tremblay. Okay, great. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Good job. Tremblay, if I'm being Tremblay. American. Uh, Nicholas Huskins, uh, Dimitri Over Tomb, uh, JC Caraway. Oh, that's like a 
a romantic name. Just like, um, and Giorgio de Giorgio. <laughs> nope. Okay. Giorgio <laughs> de Giorgio. Is it he li- that person literally sent you a like this is how to say it <laughs> syllable by syllable okay yeah people send me stuff of like here's how you say it or say this or say that but that then requires whenever i say someone's name i go look up every message we've got uh, so thank you for sending that in Giorgio, dg Giorgio. Uh, but i just <laughs> i just would have to go find that <laughs> and remember that you did that and that's not my strong suit um thank you to all the the different forms of coffee that gave us money um uh you can go to patreon.com slash gayish podcast uh if you i don't if this is something somehow encourage you to support us and with that hey mike hey kyle we are up to date on thanking our patreon members it's been Great. a long it's been a long time coming so, so no, everyone stop nobody give us money now wait wait, wait. <laughs> opposite if our you... pez dispenser is empty and that's how we like it i love pez okay yeah um no no we want tons of pez open your mouth fill it up um yeah Great. great I'm proud of you for catching up. Thanks. I don't, yeah, didn't really do much. Do you want to talk about being alone? Yeah, I figured I would just hang up now and you can do (laughs) the rest of the show. (laughs) And now here's 20 minutes of silence to remind you how alone you are. Yeah, let's talk about, let's, let's talk about being alone. Um, so I, I mean, I pitched the idea for this episode, not because I really wanted to talk about being alone. Like, <laughs> it's going to be a downer and I know it's going to be a downer. And my roommate just moved out. He literally turned in his keys on Wednesday. And so now I'm only a few days into it, but I'm, I'm living alone and yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about the personal stuff at some point, but, oh. um, I not- thought it was worth, I thought it was worth, you know. The podcast is good therapy, Kyle. I I need therapizing oh my God. in this department. Yeah. I, yeah. And I've lived alone for quite some time. So we're on different kind of ends of uh, at least the uh, physical living arrangement. Um, yeah. Oh, are you having feelings Feelings already? are getting started. It's too... Um, <laughs> instead of getting into that, can I tell you some Gata? Yeah, I was hoping you would do some Gata. Um, okay, I have two things. Uh, one is a 2019 Pew Research study, but they did a bunch of things, but I only cared about the like gay and straight portion of it. Um, and they were trying to figure out who is single uh, and not single. Single is defined as not married, not living with a partner, not in a committed romantic relationship. Okay. Uh, so. Did they provide a list of names with phone numbers? Yeah. <laughs> And every, oh my god <laughs> pew is like tinder now <laughs> that would be nice um let's see uh 29 of straight americans are single and 47 percent of lgb americans are single uh so Whoa. so i mean this is kind of what i would expect that queer people are more likely to be single uh they did say that um LGB people are more likely to be to skew younger, but that doesn't change the and, and young people are more likely to be single, but that doesn't change the the discre- even when you control for that, there's still a, a a big gap in the uh singleness. Interesting. So that 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 feeling that uh like 
it's hopeless and like you're always going to be alone forever because we're broken people. That's pretty much supported by data. <laughs> uh, you're more likely to be a broken husk of a person is what I'll say. Oh. Okay. Great. <laughs> Does that help? <laughs> yep. Yep. Now I'm alone and a statistic. Thanks, pal. <laughs> um, wait, you're like, yeah, like, like 50% more likely mm-hmm. to be uh, a sad and alone. Yeah. Uh, and then another part, which I, I I think is as I was looking at looking this up, came across LGBT people who are over forty five because I think that's a specific uh, demographic that is interesting to talk about given uh, their I mean aside from age like went through AIDS so a lot of that generation could be dead or not have their partner around anymore what Um, I'm hearing is that I'm far more interesting than you guys (laughs) Uh, okay you can do that if you want (laughs) did you turn on your hearing aid or or was that off I forget (laughs) Um, oh and that's not a joke about your age you really do have a hearing aid uh so uh there's aids there's also uh, like being gay it's harder to meet people and particularly like it was so much harder to be out and date uh and so you're like kind of carrying through more of that trauma than than uh younger people might be so there, there are just a lot of reasons that being older in you know more likely to be shunned by your family like there're just a lot of reasons that like worrying about or thinking about older lgbt people is is important and a, a mm-hmm. different group than the larger lgbt group so of the people they surveyed gay men were more likely to be single uh 50 so these are only people uh lgbt people over 45 uh 57% of gay men are single wow which that oh this was a, a 2017 AARP survey, the, the most stereotypical <laughs> survey of old people possible is what Great. they called it. Um, fifty seven percent of gay men are single. That's a shit ton of people. Like that's a like a shit ton of old gay people. Yeah, and like based on Grinder, I wouldn't think it would be true. <laughs> See, fucking everybody on Grinder is hooked up, like. <laughs> There, there needs, there has to be like a older men grinder, right? Like that's got to be a thing. Oh, grounder. <laughs> <laughs> um, thirty nine percent of lesbians are single. So again, like it's it's almost double the number of uh, gay men that are uh, you know, reported to be single. Um, yeah. And again, there's uh, not as much data on trans people. So the one um, piece of trans data that I pulled out that was available, uh, not necessarily comparable uh, directly to those two numbers, but it said that um, trans people are more likely to be married uh, than gay men. um, Hmm. And uh, 50% of trans people live with a partner. Hmm. At the same time, it, it, it mentioned that trans people are more likely to report being worried about things like uh, violence or, or kind of live with more fear in their day-to-day life. But I, uh, it, that seemed to be unrelated to the single or, um, you know, living alone that, that when I, when I like looked into, I think they were, they were trying to remind us that like, even if you're more likely to be in a partner relationship, you like, you are still a trans person that exists in the U S yeah. which means you're more likely to, uh, you know, be, uh, be murdered, 
experienced discrimination and you know a lot of some of the murders are experienced by their partners or there's more likely to be domestic violence when you're trans so i think it was just trying to remind us that like that statistic doesn't like undo or doesn't like didn't want to mask the big issues for trans people that's my assumption but sure 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 so yeah man if i i thought the gata was going to be like a a nice way to start because it's like numbers and not personal feelings but it but it it was pretty downer already right yeah great yeah but it it didn't really go into the why so much right which oh well it might have that's possible it's possible that information (laughs) was there what 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 do you what do you what do you think are the are the reasons for that oh i'm okay have i made you feel bad enough for always asking me questions i don't know that you've learned to pivot after i didn't know information because that felt really good to me oh thanks kyle thank you no (laughs) great okay cool um why is that um i it did say that um lgb no yeah, LGB people are more likely to meet people online. Like you have, uh, which we know, like through dating and stuff. Like so, that speaks to it's harder to meet people. Um, you have a smaller community, so uh, you know that that is part of it. Um, we're uh, there. There has to be a part of it that is the we we're told we're not when you're told you're broken and you're wrong the way you are, like feeling of worthiness like feeling like you're you deserve someone feeling like you're good enough to date like i don't know if i'm just projecting now but there i would think statistically that is both a personal issue but i would also have to imagine that like our own personal like it's probably harder to date we know we have more mental health issues it's probably harder to date when you have mental health issues it's probably it's probably easier to date when you drink more but yeah (laughs) um (laughs) uh, wait why do you think we're more likely to be single oh i mean i i genuinely don't know i mean the the fear the narrative is like it's because it's because we're broken that dudes are just into sex that they're not Mm. into commitment and we're all like garbage people because of (laughs) the way that we were raised and being in the closet for so long fucked us up and not having good role models on mass media fucked us up and Mm. not being able to date in high school and everybody else is learning how to do that kind of shit fucked us up and like this this whole episode is just going to be me like confirming that i'm fucked up kyle so uh yeah i don't know who those what is it if if 47 percent of lgb americans are single 53% of y'all don't relate to this. And I don't know who, maybe that's probably not, I would say our audience skews lonely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've, I've read through our discord a whole bunch. (laughs) I just feel like they, they relate. If you relate to the things we've said so far, then you've probably more like us and are fucked up humans. Like we are, you know, (laughs) but what is it that lesbians are doing? Why are they less likely to be single? Like they, and that's the stereotype, like talking about stereotypes, right? Lesbians meet each other and they move in in the next week. So yeah. Um, yeah, like there's something uh, there that can, that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Supported by data anyway. Yeah. 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 
Well, um, this is that's a terrible segue, Are, uh, but 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 here here it comes. Okay. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you about the the like serious medical repercussions of isolation. Oh fuck me. Okay, great. I guess yeah. I don't know what I expected. I don't know what I expected here, Mike. But yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um. So so humans are primates and we're social and it turns out that there are some pretty severe effects of being isolated from other people i'm gonna say can i i want to say i want to say i want to say before we get into this like what what might be helpful rather than or or maybe this is what i'm gonna do rather than listening to this from a like here's why all the reasons i should be sad like like here's information that you need to know about like what you're more predisposed to so you can help prevent it or like let other people know that you may be dealing with this or at least to make people know they're not alone like hopefully this i don't know i'm trying to think of this as in a way that makes it so it's not just listening to sad information sure i appreciate that i i also think i I, i'm i'm interested in there are people out there my mom is one of them who seem to have convinced themselves that they would rather be alone forever than go through the stress, anxiety, bullshit of fostering friendships or romantic relationships. Hmm. And there's what, what, what this information I'm going to share shows is that it's, it's bad for your health to Hmm. resign yourself to Hmm. that kind of existence. And yeah, social anxiety sucks and yeah going through small talk on your first date fucking blows ass <laughs> but like if if you you could you should think of it like diet and exercise forcing yourself to hang out physically with other human beings and interact with them yeah romantically or otherwise is like a requirement mm. biologically for like thriving yeah. and and so I'm, I'm hoping to convince people to force themselves to mm. hang out even if they don't want to and i know that's dangerous during covid but like it's important yeah yeah i get that okay i'm ready i've braced myself now great okay so uh isolation causes psychological problems number one check <laughs> <laughs> wait what psychological problems Anxiety, aggression, forgetfulness, and hallucinations are common psychological effects of isolation in humans. I don't experience hallucinations, Michael Jackson. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that time you thought you had a boyfriend for a whole year? Um, (laughs) Are we retconning my, like, all those times I said I had a boyfriend? (laughs) It's just imaginary. Did you ever meet him? Did you ever talk to him? Did you ever see him in person? Oh no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so uh so, some of the most uh, a, a lot of this data comes from prisoners kept in solitary confinement units which I think especially Ugh. after reading the rest of this stuff should be considered cruel and unusual punishment yeah. like like um but uh it, we also have seen it in hospitalized patients that go in isolated units um So there was a study performed by researchers at the University of Illinois at Chicago College of Medicine, and they found that socially isolated mice who react similarly to isolated humans uh, experience a drop in this enzyme and uh, it it, it causes psychological effects Uh by fucking up your brain chemistry and the amygdala part of your brain um, 
it seems to be most effective, which is the part of the brain that is associated with stress. So the connect I've heard the dots of that here from the from that Adam Sandler movie. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the medulla oblongata. Oh, that's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> Shit, I was like a, a big brain word. <laughs> oh god, more like borophil. Okay, um, the that next nothing to me. That's the same movie. Chlor- it's it's oh. um, Waterboy is the movie that you're referencing. I thought you're ta- I thought you were making a Borat. Or maybe it's maybe it's Billy Madison. Hold on, my brain. It's Billy Madison. Oh. Chlorophyll, more like borophil. Anyway, okay. Next. You were you were building to something, the combined result of these things. And- oh, the combined... So, it's like being isolated is stressful. Like, measurably, biologically stressful. And I think that there are a lot of messages that we receive that, like being okay on your own is somehow a good thing Hmm. that like that's something that we should like congratulate people for being tough or something and and and, no it's actually it's stress it's stressful it stresses out the stress part of your brain mr stressy i think i i think sometimes like what they're saying is like learn to be happy like i i needing someone else to in order to be happy is not great like learning to be happy in what you want and things on your own is useful but that's not to say like but then only be your do that you know interesting okay i I mean like a lot of things i'm it's all about me kyle and (laughs) like i just i i think that like i often in therapy frame my intense need for interaction as weakness and it's Mm. it's something that i'm working on instead of trying to change it embrace it like Mm. just accept the fact that i'm a social creature and instead of trying to be better at being alone maybe just lean into what's true which is that i i'm social and i need that and that's okay Um, yeah yeah but like you need that in the way that everyone needs that but also like there's i think there's a risk of like if if you just say okay then I, my happiness depends on having a partner or being around other people it's like if yeah. if it's not if it's dependent on that instead of like that's a contributor to your happiness you know i think being on your own is helpful in you in learning what you like and don't like and what you want and don't want and that kind of stuff yeah i agree i agree it's a weird time i'm learning all kinds of things about myself and it's only been like a few days so isn't it the worst um yeah. Wait, what's been a few days? Oh, since uh, your since roommate moved out. Got it. Roommate moved out, yeah. Um, uh, it's interesting because I'm the opposite in that I'm very introverted. I always liked having my own time. Um, and when all this, when COVID started and like we were quarantining, I was like, sweet, this is my jam. I got this. I know how to do this. I know how to like be inside on my own all the time and everything. And like, I am now at the point where I'm like, Oh, I, I, I guess I like people enough that like, this is hard. So I, I'm the opposite and I discounted how much, um, not being around people would affect me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness that the vaccine is coming. I hope, I hope. Well, yeah. Anyway, so let, let me thank, get through this list because we'll Trump be, we'll be here that. forever As, per, per usual. We're like, we're like paragraph in it's been 15 <laughs> minutes. Uh, okay uh next on the list decreased life expectancy Mm. 
So isolation has been shown to decrease the life expectancy of humans. It's particularly notable in people who have already who already have health problems like coronary heart disease. Um, but director of the Survey Research Center and professor of sociology at the University of Michigan, James House, wrote in the journal Psychosomatic Medicine that the health risks of isolation could be caused by two things. It may be that psychological effects of isolation put stress on the body, or it may be that social relationships have a beneficial health effect. However, research has not yet come to the conclusion on what exactly is the cause of decreased life expectancy in the socially isolated. Because some people cling to life just for other people, not for themselves. Boy, that's dark. Dark as fuck. We don't need to respond to that. We can just move on. Well, that's that's like that guy I was reading about the other day who said that he hopes he dies in his sleep at 75 because after that, life isn't worth living. Oh, God. He wrote this whole book about it. And like, <laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, apparently Dan agrees. Uh, next, mm-hmm. alcoholism and suicide. Social isolation has been found to be linked to a higher risk of alcoholism and suicide. Psychology Today reported on the findings of numerous studies conducted by John Cacioppo, psychologist at the University of Chicago, who found that suicide is more common among the socially isolated regardless of age. The magazine also stated that chronic loneliness can precede alcoholism and depression. So... It's not your fault, Kyle. It's because you're alone. No, I. I, <laughs> I think I'm. I think they're a self. They they're a, a circle. I think I was depressed long before I was alone. <laughs> great, 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 great. great. Hits keep on coming. Last on this list is dementia. Social isolation can increase the risk of elderly people developing dementia, particularly if they are prone to stress. A 2009 study by Dr. Hui Chin of Karolinska Institute in Stockholm found that individuals who are socially active and calm are less likely to suffer from dementia than socially active people who felt stressed easily. Hmm. Meanwhile, isolated individuals who are calm are 50% less likely to develop the condition than isolated people who are prone to distress. Uh, Dr. Hui Chin uh, concluded that both isolation and stress increase the risk of dementia. Damn, I'm going to be demented for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm alone and stressed all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, happy, happy, happy Dementor Day. No, that's a (laughs) Harry Potter thing, right? Um, (laughs) No, that's the medical term. (laughs) Okay, great. To sum my segment up... (laughs) Being isolated is not good for you. It is medically bad for you. And I think that it's okay to be aware of that and try to do something about it other than just resign yourself to crushing depression. Yeah. Yeah. No. uh, uh, Yeah. I think one of the good things about having that data, like having confirmed information is a lot of times I blame things on myself. Like, oh, I'm just not strong enough to, this is kind of, I think ties to what you're saying. Like, uh, like, uh, why do I feel bad? Uh, You know, people are like, you know, this is the, uh, you're quarantining. All you have to do is stay home and watch Netflix. This should be easy. And I get why the, like part of it is saying that to like dumbasses who are being dumbasses and like going out and partying or you know, going to restaurants or whatever, but like, let's not pretend like this is an easy thing to do. Like, because then if you, if you make it seem like that, then it's like, well, why is this hard for me? Or like, or the other part is like, if you just kind of miss that loneliness as being a factor, then it's like, uh, you start to blame it on 
other things like uh, maybe I'm just not as strong as other people. Maybe uh, like why or, or not understanding why this is hard or why you feel bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you already you already talked about the circle, like like a lot of things, these things build on each other. And there's a there's a there's a cycle of shit that mm-hmm. happens, like just a sewage pipe of horribleness. <laughs> and and if 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 you're depressed and then you drink, which is a, a depressant and it will make you more depressed and all those things make you isolate yourself from your friends and family, which that in and of itself independent of the other things also makes you more depressed yeah, right like yeah. like it's just this it this oh it's so horrible it's crushing yeah um and and uh anyway so <sighs> okay great uh are you ready for our new favorite segment let's do our new favorite segment what is it don't ask reddit ask kyle ask kyle to ask reddit <laughs> great uh <laughs> Do you, do, you want me to, do you want me to not write another theme song? I don't know. I did, that, <laughs> my intention was not to do that theme song, but it just happened. So yeah, I, great. I, I rolled with it. And by our new favorite, I mean, this is the second time I'm doing this. Um, so I went to this time. I went to Ask Gay Men on Reddit, mm-hmm. uh, which is Reddit slash R slash Ask Gay Men. Looked at people posting about being alone or lonely um, and, and just found one that a lot of people had replied to uh the question was lonely gays how are you coping with the quarantine um and i wanted to start to get a sense of we you talked about drinking that was on Mm -hmm. there but just get a sense of what are the responses how are other people dealing with this or or getting through it um Mm -hmm. and i will read you uh some of the comments and some of my favorite ones um i I forget if i've said it before on the on the show but um I legit started keto and got a bunch of shit together in life in May because I am not exaggerating. I got fucked up every day in April, <laughs> like bad. And I think that that's not an uncommon story. Like it, mm-hmm. like I don't have data, but like talking to other people in my life, it seems like that, uh, especially early on in the, in the, the the pandemic was pretty common. Please continue. Yeah. Sorry. No, tell I me. No, I, I, no, no, no. I'm curious about that because I, I I relate to that. But like, what? Yeah, like why? What led you to like be getting fucked up more? And how did that s- kind of stop? That process stop? And you decided to change? Yeah. Um. I mean, the why the the why did it happen? I think is just um that you're more comfortable at home and like there was no going out and seeing people and facing like public shame about my behavior. Yeah. Um, and then having a roommate who was pretty much also on board with the getting fucked up, his thing was weed more than alcohol, but, Mm. uh, you know, both were, you know, part of the, part of the equation there. And we sort of, fed on each other as far as that energy was concerned too like i would wrap up my work day and go out and we would open a few bottles of wine and and you say go out meaning go out into the living room into the living room from my home office here yeah and uh (laughs) i like that go out in these days refers to going out into the living room right yeah (laughs) we went out for a good drink in the living room yeah yeah 
gosh, I'm going to go take a stroll in the park later. By park, I mean my living room that has plants in it now. <laughs> um, yeah, it, but it, like, I, I also think that drinking is a social thing and having somebody else who was also doing that a lot all the time made it more okay or more likely. Hmm. I, um, drinking is not always a social thing because I also drank more at the beginning <laughs> of this and I do not have a roommate, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think part ahead. of it is just like at the beginning of this shit, it's like, this is a once in a lifetime. That's not true. I, people have posted reminding us, like, don't talk about the pandemic as being the only pandemic we've been through because we went through the AIDS crisis, but this being a like, huge massive like rare thing that like now that that gave me an excuse to do whatever like that was like cool we are in unprecedented times i'm gonna like i i'm unemployed i can do whatever the fuck i want and no one can judge me <laughs> yeah 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 interesting but then i was talking to my therapist and it was like okay we're like how nine months in like you don't get to just do whatever you want now like that doesn't get to be the excuse anymore because that's just not sustainable <laughs> yeah yeah well and at the beginning it sort of felt like a vacation it wasn't yeah, but yeah. it sort of felt like one and i get fucked up on vacation yeah. so what why should i not get fucked up during this non-vacation yeah because it sure feels like one anyway yeah, yeah same uh well here's what other people said that they were doing uh first comment was steam games and porn yep boy yep absolutely uh that was like uh, porn was a a common uh way that people are dealing with this what i feel like we should say that if if, if people don't know that steam is a video game platform like, oh even i i actually knew that you're right not everyone would but i'm so i'm such a gamer yeah because i know what steam is it's a place where you can buy video games and play them and yeah. chat with people and yeah it's not like it's not bathhouses which it's is not maybe. playing tic-tac-toe in a bathhouse <laughs> yeah go ahead uh let's see um i've i've found like 20 locations to attach my suction cup dildo in my room <laughs> yeah the next sentence then was physical exhaustion for exercise and having a lot of shit to do is helping tremendously Someone commented and said, I think that second sentence is related to the first one. <laughs> Physical exhaustion, indeed. Um, another person said being sad and eating food. Mm -hmm. I get that. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, a cycle of working from home, food, TV, reruns, Netflix, gaming, and porn. Yeah. Uh, someone else said I'm dead inside. Yeah. Someone yeah. else said I'm, cope I'm not coping. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> saddest lol i've heard yeah uh, something that's sticking sticking out to me so far is uh it, it could be single straight guys saying these things too no because right? like, well this is under oh wait what do you mean this was in the ask red the ask gay people section right i i, I get that I, i'm just i'm just saying that like it, like it's not particularly gay like except for the mm -hmm. suction cup dildos everything is pretty like just dudish you don't you don't know what straight guys have been getting up to. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> straight guys. Now's your time. Suction cup dildo. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a try. No, you're, you're right. Uh, um, it is interesting that like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see if there's anything in here. Oh, okay. This one is particularly gay. I've been hooking up with close friends. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> that Good. to me feels decidedly gay. Like that's yeah. not like, I don't think straight people 
at least at the same rate would have that as a option available. True story, Rory. Yeah. Um, I, I see straight people or no, no, no. I, I see gay people as, uh, or I, I would imagine them being like, ah, should I fuck my gay roommate? Like we've never hooked up before, but like, <laughs> sh- I, maybe I never wanted to, but like, yeah, maybe we will just cause like, I want someone I could see myself doing that being like, yeah, do you want to like, just, do you want to fuck like just early on in the pandemic i was worried that that might happen someday Mm. like that you would look at your roommate and be like fine yeah i was like get in i don't know how i'm gonna react to month upon month of of isolation like like i'm the opposite of i think most people where i don't i don't trust um future me to be who i think he's going to be Mm. Like, despite the fact that I'm pretty consistent and stable, I think I I don't expect that to continue. Like if if somebody if somebody said, like, you know, eating this food will turn you into a, a, I don't know, addicted to gambling or something like I I don't think I'm capable of being addicted to gambling. But I would I would eat whatever that food was and think like, oh, God, maybe 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 it's going to happen. Maybe I'm. Wow. That's yeah. That's. So when everybody was like living, living with another gay roommate, you guys are, of course, going to bang. Multiple people said that to me. Of course, you're going to fuck. It's quarantine. Like, that's, of course, going to happen. So then my first instinct is to say, absolutely not. And then my second instinct is like, oh, but maybe, (laughs) maybe. That's crazy because that's so not you. What do you mean? Yeah, like the fact that you would even consider it, like it is not you at all to like just decide to sleep with your roommate out of necessity. Yeah. Right. I I agree. I think you, uh, this is, Oh, this is a whole other thing, but here you go. You said this was therapy. I think you take in other people's opinions or question your own instincts way too much. Mm. Yeah. Great. Stop doing that. Um, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Um, Someone said, uh, throwing myself into being anti-racist with my sister, finding new ways Mm. to support a new cause to me, uh, in parentheses, foster youth, um, and drinking. So we had, we had some good things (laughs) going there. Uh, preparing to slob on the first dick I see. Nice. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, visual novels and RPGs. Yeah. I don't know what visual, what are visual novels? I mean, the, the, is that I, I, movies? Is that just movies? Is that a fancy way to say movies? <laughs> I, I assume they're talking about the video game genre of like uh, it's a video game in that like you have a controller and you move around, but like you really have almost no choices. And it, dream, you're... daddy. That's correct. A visual novel is a interactive fiction video game yeah. that that basically features text based storytelling. I'm gonna start calling. <laughs> The, I'm I'm reading Pretty Little Liars. Uh, it's, <laughs> it, it is a visual novel for me. <laughs> I'm on chapter thirty-seven <laughs> or whatever. Um, plants, lots and lots of house plants. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably posted by your roommate mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. been doing that. Um, and uh someone said awful i'm an introvert but quarantine is really making me want to go out and see people so um 
you know, a lot of people, I, uh, part of why I, uh, read other people and, you know, some people have good approaches, you know, there's things like video games are, are useful or getting plants. Like there's some useful things on there, but everyone is coping with this and oftentimes in ways that are not totally healthy. And that's not saying it's okay, but it's also like, you you see all these people that are like, oh, I decided to take up this new hobby or I decided to take this time, like take this time to reflect on what you want and get, and you're, I like, I just fuck those people. Like, don't, I don't know. Like, don't give yourself excuses, but like, get through it. Like number one goal, like get through it. Like that, like you don't have to have picked up 10 new hobbies. Uh, like you just get through it. Yeah. And that's yeah. what a lot of people, where a lot of people are at. Yeah, that was uh, going around in the beginning parts of the pandemic too. Like all of those memes about like if you don't come out of this with a with a new skill, you're wasting it. You're squandering this opportunity. And then a, a, a lot of pushback from especially the mental health community uh, saying like, "No, <laughs> shut your fucking mouth." Some people can't, and they shouldn't feel bad about that. Yeah, this is a very stressful time. Back off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did see something that I think was uh very helpful in like. Uh, I think it was on Facebook. I saw someone say like uh, getting ready for the uh, new year's, like lose your quarantine weight goals kind of thing. And they're mm. so right. Like that is absolutely going to happen. Like they, we are absolutely going to see like the, you know, here's the extra weight that you got during quarantine. Now like make a resolution to drop that and do all this yeah. other, this shit. And, and like, fuck that. Like, you know, they were saying like, roll with your with your new roles like you just like and i i thought it was helpful to realize that ahead of time that we're going to see that and it's going to be hard to ignore but like fuck that shit so mm. that i wasn't taken by surprise or didn't get swept up in that kind of message when i see it um yeah so yeah interesting um are you ready to talk person? Did you have other stuff? Or are you ready to talk about? I, I have, a, co- I have oh. a couple of other things. Oh, oh, I'm I'm done skis with my like formal research. I I, I mean uh, now I'm just ready to talk about how sad I am. But go ahead. Okay, great. Um, th- this one is this one is very very fast. So in preparing for this episode, I googled "gay hermit," and <laughs> uh, what, that's what, like a what, superhero that I want. <laughs> <laughs> not only was it a, is it a superhero Wait. potentially oh no uh it could be a superhero but it for sure definitely was a racehorse that was quite successful <laughs> um many experts consider gay hermit to be the greatest english racehorse of the 19th century um uh gay hermit lived from 1883 to we don't know when gay hermit died but we know that they uh were a two-year-old when they were racing in races starting in 1885 but they had this like incredibly amazing race horse career in 1885 86 87 we don't know when gay hermit died is it because gay hermit went into a barn all on its own and then like all of a sudden 10 years later we stumbled on it we're like oh no yeah it, it, it drank itself to death i think is what happened <laughs> <laughs> too many fermented carrots yeah um but yeah anyway so gay hermit everybody gay hermit huh. was a horse race a race horse um, but then the last thing I was going to talk a little bit about, like the phrase, the history of the phrase confirmed bachelor. Oh, my um, God. I want to hear about that. Oh, OK, sure. So uh, confirmed bachelor. There is the modern 
conventional wisdom is that confirmed bachelor is a way that newspapers and other media would call somebody gay. Yeah. Right. That would be like, my expectation. Yeah. It, it turns out though, that it's likely that that is um, new in approximately 1972. That's when the term confirmed bachelor starts really being associated with being gay and uh, at least Chris Roberts, uh, who is an author, he wrote this book, Lost English, Words and Phrases That Have Vanished from Our Language. Um, uh, according to him, uh, it, it really, it Confirmed Bachelor has been floating around for a long time, but it really didn't mean like secret code for gay until the 1970s. Hmm. Um, but uh, uh, apparently there were lots of people who who indeed chose to be confirmed bachelors not in a gay way but in a like playboy kind of way like in a mm. hugh hefner i'm a confirmed bachelor because i want to fuck yeah kind of way yeah um and then yeah it was quote the freedom to work to drink to travel or to engage in many relationships with women um it in its earliest form it usually was those who disliked the company of women um but that did not necessarily imply or confirm homosexuality oh that seems um, a little gay it does seem a little gay uh, yeah um anyway it, the term was uh, often applied to heterosexual men well into the last century and is only in the last 40 years or so that it has come to acquire its current meaning hmm. uh, there's also a another like related but not exactly the same uh, phenomenon of especially the New York times in their obituaries using the phrase he never married or they never married uh, as a similar code. And they've used that even fairly recently. That's like, that shows how much value we as a society place on the act of marriage or being in a long-term monogamous relationship is what we care most about. Like, why would you put in their obituary other than to imply being gay? Like, I mean, why, why would you put like, he is not married. Like he, he never became an airplane pilot. Like you, like just putting right. like shit you didn't do. Doesn't like, that doesn't like, that's the weirdest. Uh, it's, yeah. just, it's just like, that is something you have to do or not do. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, that. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the Patreon segment uh, about mononormativity and uh, the relationship escalator. Mononormativity. Ooh. Wow. Well, I, I, I had a case of that once, but penicillin <laughs> cleared it right up. <laughs> going to say that's when you only have one Jesus in your manger. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> uh, so oh, no, great. that's mononativity. Um. Uh, I I am trying to get like a adjustment on the loan for my condo, and um, they when they asked me what my marital status is, the way he said it was not married, single, whatever. He said, "Are you married or unmarried?" Like oh, unmarried. God. I well, I think they're trying to make it sound better than sit. Like they don't want to say the word single is what I. Or I mean, I guess you don't have to be. It uh, you don't have to be single to be unmarried. Anyway, it was I, it felt like they were trying to like soften the blow. Oh. Do you know, do you remember this the Sex in the City episode 
is that will that just mean no anything i say after this is just to know the sex in the i've C- seen a lot of sex oh, in the city have you um the sex in the city where cynthia nixon has to check that she is single and she has a panic attack after that oh wow that's like that's what this reminds me of like the the you know getting a loan or doing something official and having yeah. to like you know or do taxes and remind yourself like you're single and you're like having to, forcing yourself to check a box that says like yup i didn't do it yeah i've i've filled out several forms lately where um like divorced is an option for marital status i'm and like f- first of all like i i want to say times 2 and then check it but <laughs> like check also it twice. <laughs> why why have single and divorced on the list if like i'm just applying for a jeep loan you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. How? Yeah. What do they do differently? Are they because are they wondering about spousal support or like that's weird? Yeah, it is weird. Huh. Anyway, none of your fucking business. Where's the box for that? Yep. Yep. Um. Okay. Then last, okay. last but not least, uh, I was going to talk about two actual loners or hermits um george clooney so the first uh there's a gentleman named billy barr who is the only full-time resident of the town of gothic colorado um (laughs) he has lived in this place for almost 50 years alone um it's in the rocky mountains and he uh uh uh, had an article on npr uh, in april called tips from someone with nearly 50 years of social distancing experience <laughs> talking about like how to get through covid like he's 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 been socially isolated for 50 years damn here, here here's what he does uh so i'm going to read his tips real quick okay um here are five recommendations for the billy bar method of social distancing number one keep track of something so each day he tracks the weather for a number of groups, including the Colorado Avalanche Information Center. He started measuring snow levels in the 1970s, mostly because he was bored. Um, he would also write down it when he saw animals. So the first time he would see birds arrive in the spring and, uh, you know, just wildcats move, whatever, whatever it was like he, he kept notes and it turned out that all of it ended up being super useful. He's been, um, published a lot and a lot of a lot of papers used his data as a resource but anyway uh he says um he he says he says that that creates structure and a purpose and that helps um so number two keep a routine he says that it's important to you know follow the same schedule as much as possible he says sometimes i forget what day it is but i know what time it is um (laughs) great um, he said uh, he, however, does not keep a personal journal. He said he used to for about a decade or so, but then he went back and read it, quote, and it was so boring. It's like, <laughs> OK, enough already. Let me go watch some paint dry. Uh, tip number three, celebrate the stuff that matters rather than the stuff you're supposed to celebrate. Um, he oh. says he's mostly ditched holidays and birthdays, but he does celebrate January 17th when sunrise goes back to what it was on the solstice. Um, huh. well, to me, that's a big deal because I get up so early in the morning that the lighter it gets earlier makes my day a lot easier. Um, he also celebrates when he gets back from the eight mile ski into the town of Crested Butte for supplies. Quote, town can be kind of stressful. So I save my favorite movies and I save my favorite meals and I save things to do when I ski back from town and I'm home. It's like, woohoo, big party time. Anyway, 
That's a, I like that idea of celebrating things that actually matter to you. It's like one yeah. of those things where you like rarely question the shit we have set up in society. Like you just kind of do it, but like what actually matter? what actually makes a difference to me and what should I yeah. celebrate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, number four, embrace the grumpy, embrace the grumpiness. Um, really? He said, should yeah, I? yeah. He says, uh, sometimes it's kind of satisfying to be grumpy about something. <laughs> I do get sick and tired of snow, but I like kidding about it. I live in an area where people live for snow, but I'm not that carried away with it. So I like being grumpy about it. <laughs> you get older and you start saying, okay, I'm not going to necessarily be pleasant when I don't feel pleasant. Mm. Um, and, uh, his last tip is to use movies as a mood adjuster. Quote, if I'm really stressed, I might watch an animated movie, something cute and funny that takes my mind off it. If I'm depressed, I can reverse that. Uh, the Princess Bride is pretty much my favorite movie. I like Hugh Grant stuff like Love Actually and Notting Hill. Um, and he recommends Bollywood movies because they're colorful, they're pretty, there's good music and stuff. Uh, but I, I think the, the larger point there is like what you consume from a media perspective really does impact your emotional life and like use that to your advantage. If, yeah. if, if watching that one episode of friends makes you at least a little bit happier every single time and you're sad, fucking put on friends. Great. And like get some better taste eventually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, or I, I feel like I am very susceptible to like the music and the media that I'm, um, intaking. Like, I feel like I, even more than, than most people, like it really does affect me. Mm -hmm. Like I, like if I'm watching, uh, you know, some kind of like mystery, like murder documentary, then I go outside and I'm like, start looking at all the cars and looking at their license plate and like thinking someone's around the corner or like, mm -hmm. and when I'm watching like Marvel agents of shield, I'm like, start levitating things, you know, just, Oh, <laughs> oh we're, remember the hallucinations we talked about. Oh, the the hour shit, Michael Jackson. <laughs> You're right. Great. That's the first <laughs> first thing i hallucinated um uh and then uh so billy Barr, there the, the the hermit of of gothic colorado uh his i couldn't find anything about his sexuality one huh. way or the other so i did want to talk uh just i'll do a, the fast version here uh a gentleman by the name of david manners have you heard of david manners no he was one of hollywood's leading men in the 1930s he worked with actresses like katherine hepburn loretta young carol lombard and barbara stanwyck um and then, so he got famous and rich. Uh, by 1935, his fan club had 200,000 members and he had four secretaries just to handle all of the letters that he got. Fuck. Um, he was one of the first 100 actors to have a star on Hollywood Boulevard. And um, it turned out that he was super gay. <laughs> uh, uh, not just confirmed bachelor. Not just confirmed bachelor. And... At the height of his film career, he just quit. He just sold everything and he moved to the desert. He went to the California Mojave Desert to live the life of a hermit. Hmm. And um, he, he was tired of the Hollywood publicity machine arranging studio dates with women. Mm -hmm. So rather than lead a false life like so many closeted actors of the day, he opted to detox in the desert. Uh, he founded the Yucca Loma Ranch and began exploring the great religious writings of the East and West. And he, sorry, Antarctica. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and, and anyway, so uh, 
1948, he met the man who would become his companion for 30 years, Frederick William Mercer, who was a playwright. And uh, he died in 1998 at the age of 98. Um, I I just thought it was really interesting that, uh, at least in this case, here was uh, somebody who was succeeding at least by by what a lot of people would consider uh the the measures by which you should measure you should look at your own success yeah. and but he wasn't being true to himself and didn't think that he could be so he just said fuck it and left yeah. and moved out in the middle of the goddamn desert i was worried um, uh, it's kind of nice that he ended up finding someone to like be his companion because i i just worry that's like well i don't want to deal with like being set up with women. So I I'm choosing to be alone instead of trying. Like that's what it sounded like at first, but yeah, but that doesn't seem like the case. And maybe there's hope for me. Hmm? He, he was alone out in the desert doing his like God shit for (laughs) between, between 10 and 15 years before he met this dude. So like there was a long stretch of just like full on forest Gump running in the desert horse shit. (laughs) Uh, and, and, and then, and then he met the love of his life. So, Hmm. Uh, uh, I'll I'll end this segment and then we'll talk about your sadness. Uh, okay. w- with with something something that he said. Uh, quote: Go with the rhythms of life. Bend like a reed or a willow. After a peak of activity, be ready for the quiet place in preparation for the rise that follows. Never resist. Never grieve after yesterday. Never look for tomorrow. For what is here now? Watch in tranquil surety where you are Hmm. anyway that's that's uh oh also his star disappeared (gasps) apparently like the idea that like once you get a star it's there forever nope not fucking right uh it was it was removed um and uh otherwise the sidewalk would have to keep going forever you know that makes sense yeah yep anyway that's it um well i think you should talk about yourself first because you started talking about like there's hope for you and it, it took him a certain amount of time. You, we, I think are in very different, like in terms of being single, being un- yeah. <laughs> unmarried, uh, there are a lot of different, or you and I are in very different situations. And I think you're less used to being single or being on your own. Yeah. So, so I, I've, I have never lived alone. If, you count Boomer, my dog, as a person. <laughs> so there was six or nine months, a year-ish, after Trevor left, where it was just Boomer and I living here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a wreck, too. Like I, I have a hard time remembering that part of my life sometimes because I was so just fucking out of it mm-hmm. and upset. Um, And I don't know if Boomer should count or not, but uh no i definitely (laughs) i mean count for something but not yeah but in a different way this week i have noticed has felt different than Mm. when he was here because i have absolutely nothing or no one to be accountable to except myself and um and uh it's been i don't know this this is definitely a new chapter like this is something that i've never experienced and that's that's because i went from my nuclear family to living in the dorms with people to living in the fraternity house with a fuckload of people to um living with uh friends for a little while and then with my now ex-wife and then with one ball dan and then with trevor and then having a roommate for the last 
three years or whatever. I, it like, it's, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. I'm definitely worried about how I'm going to handle it. Hmm. And, uh, uh, so far, so far so good, but it's, it's legit been like four days. Mm-hmm. So well, something know. that I, uh, we were messaging and you started telling me things that you're excited about, which that's like always a good sign when you're like, here are things I want to do. What are you excited about living alone? Um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that I, I created a category in my head, a little box in my head labeled when Chris leaves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put all kinds of shit in that box, even shit that had absolutely nothing to do with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it became this just like dumping ground to not have to do anything. And um, I n- now there, there, there's there's a lot in that box that I actually feel like I have the mental health and the motivation and now no longer a weird excuse hmm. to not do. And, and I'm I'm starting on it. Like I cleaned out my room. I sent you guys pictures of my clean room. Isn't it clean? I haven't and, looked at it yet. Oh, um, and uh, so I'm 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 excited about a lot of that stuff. And and some of it is just like little projects around here. Like I felt like I couldn't get the floors done while I had somebody living here with me, and I I felt like uh, I couldn't get rid of all of this pile of stuff on the floor in my room uh, until I had more space to go through it all like um mike your room has floor to it i know right holy crazy yeah wow i don't think people realize what a garbage person i am well i would well yeah okay you had to like shovel a path to get to my bathroom (laughs) and you uh, yeah i did yeah you you just had like piles of stuff that you just like were sitting there yeah yeah and not like a hoarder at least i don't think it was it was just it looked like a hoarder lived here so maybe i mean if it looks like a hoarder and packs like a hoarder hoarder. (laughs) (laughs) i'm very glad that you have taken the step of moving stuff into a different room and now that the guest room is full of that shit, I have to get rid of it all before we start recording in person again. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to the in the future when we talk about the C and Hazen studio, it will yeah. it will actually be a room that is a specific place. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about like finally starting on all of these projects that I was waiting for being the only person that lived here and i have a lot of weird like guilt about like why did i ever let that stop me in the first place like there's like i got new dishes i was tired of having mismatched dishes and some of them were broken and cracked and like i i wanted a lot of them were trevor's like Mm. i i i wanted to have my own dishes i could have bought fucking dishes months (laughs) ago like I, but in, but in my head, that was a, like, when he moves out, then I'm going to like, finally update this stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about doing it. Didn't you, like, um, you got rid of like all your dishes and now you have like new ones that are all matching. Yep. That's like, yep. there's something about being a, an adult that you start to collect an assortment of like, like silk, like my silverware is like here are three different kinds of silverware that I've had over time. And like to yep. have it, like man yours just feels like the dream of like 
just getting rid of shit. And... Yep. And to, to, to get, to get psychological about it a little Ooh. deeper, I think for the first time in my life, I am alone, but also doing really well and happy. Hmm. And I'm learning, I think for the first time to pay attention to what I want because there's nobody else for me to confuse my own feelings mm. with and then act on it. Yeah. Like if I, if I want a poster of Tom Selleck by fucking God, I'm going to get one. And, and uh, like, I think this is something that most normal people have already learned mm. maybe, but it, to me it feels revolutionary, which is, I don't know. No, I, I think for a different reason, one of the things that I, this is, um, when I first started realizing that I like self-esteem issues, um, was my therapist teaching me to ask myself, what do I want? And yeah, it yeah. came in a very different form, but it feels like, like I would get on a bus and think like, I need to sit in a place that, uh, makes everyone else comfortable. Where's the right place that I should sit so that I'm like, you know, not making anyone feel bad that I didn't sit near them, but like, but I'm bigger. So I need to like, even those basic decisions, I, I would spend so much time thinking about where everyone else would want me to physically be that like, yeah. I would then I started asking myself, what do I want? And even in very basic moments like that, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I, I have no idea how to sit down anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where yeah. I want what I want. And so no, I, I very much I think asking yourself what do i want is is not as simple as it sounds and not enough people do it yeah yeah absolutely and i um, think for you like i i like that you're doing that because i think you a great thing about you is you care about other people and you like to take care of other people you've talked about that on the podcast and and we talk about that like and and i i worry sometimes that that you you could then use other people's wants and needs to override your own. And mm. I think that's when earlier when we were talking about like the, uh, you know, why it's helpful to be alone in spite of the psychological impacts of, of that, whatever, like, I, I think this is the exact thing that helps. Like if you're able to more accurate, accurately understand what you want and what makes you happy, then when you do have someone else, then you're like, okay, you want that thing. But I know that I don't like that. Instead yeah. of just being like, eh, I guess, okay, we can do that thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. So I have a, I have a question for you that's going to suck, and I'm sorry. <gasps> okay. So you and Jay-Z lived together, mm -hmm. and then you broke up, and you moved back into your place. Yeah. Can you talk to me about that transition and how you survived it? Because, like, obviously, my roommate and I weren't in a relationship, but we were in a relationship. We we would we, we <laughs> like to joke that we were married without the fucking, and in a lot of ways, it's absolutely true, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, did you? How did you handle that, or did you? How? Like, yeah. Um, that 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 was really difficult because I, in particular, felt I yeah I I. I Bought my condo. I lived here for a couple of years, moved in with him, then moved back. It was the first guy I ever lived with. We lived together for a year and then a little over here. And then I moved back into my condo. Like, and that felt uh, re going from my first major relationship like that. And then going like it was, it was a physical representation of how I felt that I was going back in life, that I had to restart oh. the like, uh, now I'm single again. I have moved. I have like 
you know, moved back and I've taken several steps backwards in life. And I I am now living in the same place that I lived before. So it it was very, yeah. I wrote a poem about it because it was, that's how you know it's a big deal. Um, so emo. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so, uh, I mean, I, I did things like, um, I, I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm starting to like conflate it with, I never lived with my most recent now ex, but like, uh, had a similar kind of like reaction of like, how do I take this place and change it up a little bit to make it feel like a, my own, um, mm. Uh, to, and I, I started doing that a little bit. I have like one corner of my place that I, um, started, like I bought a, a fake plant cause I can't do real plants. Sorry, M- Matthew Jackson from plant Addies. Um, <laughs> I, I can't, I don't know. I, I, I have like my fake plant and I have like a picture and I have like a table and a chair and everything. And like, there's one corner that I feel good about. And I was like planning on going to like different sections of my place just have stopped just have mm. completely stopped but like that would be my ideal like i think that even just doing that one thing really helped because it was like this place is now a different new place and, and i i've never felt like i've had a place that i actually like decorated which is weird because mm-hmm. i've said I'd, I'm, I'm a terrible decorator but like even though i say that i I like things to look nice. I I can hang, uh, even if I'm not great at it. Okay, well, I want to hang this thing here. Cool. It doesn't mm. matter if it looks good to other people or whatever. Like uh, uh, having a fake plant, you may not like a fake plant, but I don't care because it feels like so there's something green and it feels kind of nice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I also have these arbitrary lines in my head. They're not, I mean, you talked about it being connected to your roommate, but like, in terms of like when I think about, oh, I want to update, like do more stuff to my place. I'm like, ah, well, the next thing I should do is uh, my bathroom because there's like under my sink is just a, like piles of my like toiletries and shit. Like, and, like that's the biggest, like messiest place that I deal with all the time and hate it. So that's what it should be. And so I put that in my mind that that's the next thing. And so the fact that I have not done that means... I'm not allowed. I can't do any other things like it's yeah. so weird. Like the artificial boundaries that yeah, we put up. That's- yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and, and they become really powerful. And then I, I don't know about you, but like then when I would become aware that they were arbitrary and stupid and holding me back I, instead of that, like all that did was make me feel bad. Like, <laughs> it, it's not like it then changed it or, or made it better or, or easier to, to move forward. Yeah. I just then like, on top of not getting shit done felt broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, th- I think I had to, after I moved back into my place, I was alone. I still have my dog. Like that's bit, he's been the most consistent thing um, mm-hmm. is, is I've had him, he's 10. So he's, he's been the most consistent boyfriend I've ever had. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I had to remind the mental part of moving back into my place was reminding myself that I've actually learned stuff and it, it's not starting over. I'm not starting again from zero. And yeah. that's a hard thing to, I can, that's, that helps make me feel a little bit better. I've 
I, I still struggle with that. Like I'm starting over again. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Huh. I hate when people say, Oh, you'll find someone eventually. Like, and I, I get that that's the instinct and it's interesting. Cause when I was dating my most recent boyfriend, like I, I felt that way. I was like, Oh, it did come and I didn't expect it. And, and you know, it, I didn't know that I was going to fall for someone like that. So I understand the instinct when you are in a relationship that like it, that did happen for you. And it, at least at the time that did happen for me. But when other people say it now, when I'm single, that does not make me feel any better. That just makes me feel angrier. Like, it's like, yeah. you don't know that you don't like uh, that. Um, and partly like being depressed and stuff and like always staying home or like being bad at dating and especially now not dating anyone. It's like, you don't, you don't know that I'm going to find someone. Cause what if I never leave my place? Like, what if I don't go on dates? Like yeah. it requires my action to do that. Like, you're someone's not just going to walk into my place and then say like, I live here now and you love me. My God, maybe that's what I want. I can see that working for you actually. I mean, assuming he was hot and had choking arms. Like, (gasps) like, yeah, (laughs) I I hear that when you wake up being choked, you should marry that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you live alone. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, uh, yeah. Anyway, don't tell me that I'll find someone because you don't, you don't know me. Yeah. I mean, that might be what they said, but aren't they really just saying, I care about you and want you to feel better? No. Okay, great. Um, They're they're saying, here's what... I think they're saying, I need to... Either I need to make myself feel better by saying this trite phrase, and instead of engaging with you in a deep, meaningful way, Mm -hmm. or, and, or they're saying, in order to be happy, you need to have the hope of finding someone. Hmm. And if it's a rando or someone I kind of know, or, you know, there's like, I don't need, if I say that and, you know, someone I barely know says that, like, I just kind of, I, it doesn't help. And I just kind of dismiss it. Like, I don't need to, I get, I get why you're, this is like, how are you? I'm fine. Great. Let's move on. Like, you know, you don't, we're, we're not getting into this, but, um, yeah, I think people, uh, make themselves feel better in the advice that they give to other people and don't want to engage in the possibility. Like they don't want to acknowledge the distinct possibility that you could be alone forever. Like uh, you want to pretend like I will find someone when you don't know that about me. And I don't know, maybe it's, maybe you could say it's not as likely as I think it is, Mm -hmm. but you can't tell me I will for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That feels very depressing to say, but like part of it I need, like I feel like is important to acknowledge because it then places a little bit more onus on like, you have to do stuff to make it happen. Like just saying it'll happen. Like, I don't know. It's like, you do have to put yourself out there. You have to take steps. You have to like, it is a goal that I want to be dating and in a relationship. And I think it's okay to say that and work towards it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think so too. I think so too. It's like, it, it, it's like, um, like when a kid asks if grandpa's going to die and like, 
there's a lot of people that their instinct is going to say, no, he's going to be fine. Absolutely you know, And, but like, you don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. At some point you got to, Oh my God. Am I grandpa? Yeah. And your my t- heart is <laughs> the metaphor here is I am grandpa and death is my singleness. <laughs> is yep. this what, okay. Just want to like, make sure I'm really pinpointing this. Yeah. Oh goodness. I, yeah. I think it is to, to end it on not so sad. Or I don't know. Did you have shit you wanted to talk about being single? You want to get married, right? I want to get married. Me too. Yeah. Eventually someday. Yeah. Not to you though. Sorry. Well, um, I, I mean, I uh, give me 10 more years and maybe uh, Mike, <laughs> may, maybe I'm going to talk, talk you into marrying me. Okay, great. <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I did, I did want to at some point talk about or say how, um, the gayish community uh is is fantastic mm-hmm. like the fact that that they um they really care about each other and support each other especially on discord and our yeah. facebook group and uh it's uh it's easy to not feel alone having that community there as a resource and i think uh it's it's pretty great especially you know since thanksgiving and we're going into the holidays here um, and people have different levels of acceptance within their family. They have COVID on top of everything else. They, like a lot of people are feeling really lonely and we're, we're helping each other through it. And I, I think that's, that's really, really, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I have people that have said to me, like having the specifically discord, I think you're right, but also the other yeah, Facebook group, like that it is a place you can go that people are talking to each other and you get to you actually get to know people like in the group and yeah i don't i think like th- that does not take the place of a relationship or your social interactions like that sure. shit's still hard but you can't, sometimes you can't you just can't have that and this is a thing that is uh, one of the many ways that like you have available to you that you have control over you have direct control over so not just to like promote ourselves but like there are digital places there are places that you have control over and you can it will help you feel a little less alone it won't solve everything but it'll remind you that there is a group out there that feels the same way as you that can understand you that is willing to talk about heavy shit like mental health or dating or feeling alone that like that is the nice part about our group is like if you listen to us, then you seem to be more likely to be cool with talking about heavy mental health shit or understanding that you don't always fit in with the gay community. Like there's a, at least finding a group where you have at least a baseline, like relate to them on, on some basic things is, is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So so did we do it? Well, I mean, I'm still single, but so I guess, yes, I started and ended this episode alone. (laughs) i'm i am i am presently alone as well great yeah um, the, the fitting that we are recording this virtually um, yeah. but we're going to try to find a way to uh within our guidelines record in person oh i should that is this is also a good sign, time to say um that uh especially around the holidays like uh one thing we're doing is on uh new year's eve we're having a uh a, a new year's eve kind of live thing as a way to like you're not going to be able to be in person with people. So uh, yeah. that's another time you can hang out with people and hang out with us as a replacement for your normal parties and social gatherings. Yeah. I, I have high hopes. I'm going to get so fucked up. Oh my God. <laughs> Great. But yeah, we did it. 
We did it. We're no longer alone. We, yeah. Well, we're 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 together in our aloneness. Great. Uh, so should, should we should we take a break? A lone break. I'm going to go pee by myself. <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> we're back. Uh, we're going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are at Gayish Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and you can find our Discord. A link to our Discord is either on our site or it pinned to our Facebook group. So go join that if you want to. Great. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails, is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is Post Office Box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. And we got some mail and I can't fucking find it because my roommate left and all my shit got moved. Ooh. So okay. Next I'll time? I'll see. Yeah, next time, I guess. Or we can, like, open it separately and post a video to Patreon. Okay, great. Cool. Um, a quick programming note. We are going to be doing the New Year's cock and eve the gayish new year's cock and eve uh i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking make that happen kyle <laughs> it keep, if, yeah if you just keep saying it that's what it is do people even know who dick clark is anymore anyway uh we are counting down to midnight with our listeners in the united kingdom so we will be starting at 2 p.m pacific time on december 31st that is 11 p.m greenwich mean time and uh, we'll we'll be doing our show live, so live stream everybody. Join us. Get your get your rosé. Get your prosecco. Get your I don't know whatever. You're gonna get fucked up. So just get fucked up with us. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, we're hashtag international, and we're trying to uh, make sure we do shit for other uh, other times. We've been doing all of our live streams have been uh, U.S. timing, and some of our international folks have been what I would call far too accommodating and like staying up and doing like, we appreciate you, but this is for you now. Yep. Yep. Um, great. Great. Uh, do our gayest straightest. Yeah. Uh, I'll go. Okay. I'm doing something a little bit different this week. I'm going to do my biased and my transist thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, my, my biased thing is, uh, there are some of the stereotypes about bi people are that they roll up their jeans and they don't wear socks. And so, uh, like they're, they've been posting memes in the bi, uh, subreddit of like, you know, pray for the ankles of bi people this winter. Like, oh, and, and, and that is absolutely what I do. My jeans are too long. So I roll them up and, when I take my dog out, I put on the minimal number of items to go outside. So I like slip on shoes and I have like exposed ankles, like a, like a bi person. That's awesome. Uh, my, my transist thing is I am progressing. The next thing that I'm doing is, uh, I bought lipstick. And so I'm like trying, I bought, I, but lipstick that does not work i don't like and so i'm gonna have to get a different color but like uh learning how to like put on makeup and do like more shit that's uh more femme than i'm what ever color? used to well that's what i i like there's this um kind of dark matte uh like i don't know colors it's like brown ish and it like looked good on the model it looked like kind of subtle but it was there and but like i think i need something my 
I like with my uh pale skin, I think I need something like brighter. Yeah, are you a winter or an autumn? Well, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't I, I should figure out what those things mean and how to apply them to my day-to-day life, but sure. I don't know. Uh, so the straightest thing about me this week, I don't know why, but it feels like it's watching season four of Big Mouth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of like, there was a lot of like poop and dick jokes Mm. this season more than even before. And I don't know, it just all feels very straight for some reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like about like a straight kid learning about his body and puberty and stuff like is yeah. very different i mean same puberty but different experience when you're a gay kid yeah yeah uh the gay thing about me this week my roommate moved out of course and then i moved a whole bunch of shit that was in my room into my guest room and uh i found a whole bunch of unopened packages of underwear <laughs> and they're like 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 fancy underwear like gay underwear um I think I got drunk and ordered a bunch of underwear and then forgot. <laughs> and then got drunk and then hid them away or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> you mentioned you like drank a bunch earlier in the year. You could have had entire packages that like you were drunk for all portions unrelated. Like you just happened to be drunk when you got the package and you happened to be drunk yep. when you cleaned your room. And <laughs> yep. Yep. That's... got drunk. I got drunk. So when I tried them on, I didn't cry. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought okay. it'd be the opposite, but. Well, Are you going to put, where can people see the pictures of you trying them on? Discord. Um, okay. So then, uh, listeners, gayest and straightest, this one comes to us from Victor on our Instagram this time, I think. Yes. Okay. Yes. Instagram this time. Uh, let's see. He says that really very nice thing, but yeah, whatever. What's nice, thing about- no, I want to know a nice thing. Hey guys, been making my way through your podcast for the last few weeks while I work. I really enjoy your work and love how many episodes are super relevant to my life. I'm a pansexual, polyamorous, married to a NBA Mab with a boyfriend, parent to a toddler from surrogacy. Thank you how for tackling. Do you relate- <laughs> what if that relates? <laughs> do you relate to us? Do we know anything about your life experience? I'm not sure, but great. <laughs> dealing with dealing with Mike sometimes is like dealing with a toddler. Yeah, indeed. I get it. Um, Thank you for tackling these complex topics and heavy topics like vulnerability, breakups, assault, etc. Keep up the work and congratulations on how far you've already come. Smiley emoji, purple heart. Oh, that's my favorite gayest and straightest we've ever done. Uh, And the gayest thing about me this week is probably playing the Mariah Ariana J-Hud Christmas song on repeat. (laughs) The straightest thing about me is helping slash teaching how to a random guy change his flat tire in front of my house. Uh, anything automotive is like an automatic win in the straight yeah, department. Yeah, yeah, and anything Ariana is automatically gay, <laughs> so it makes sense. That all checks out. Thank you. That that's all all very sweet. I appreciate you and appreciate you listening and and writing us shit. Yeah. So that's it. A special thank you to Billy Barr for living alone in the forest for <laughs> fifty years, and the manners guy for being gay and living alone. Kind of. Yeah. Sort of. Um, and thank, thank you to both of you to, for making me feel less alone during COVID. This is the one thing I do that one of the two things I do consistently, and it is very nice to have something solid in my life. So thank you both. Yeah. You're pretty okay. Great. That's, that's what I strive for. 
Um, also, thank you to our super gap bridgers, of which we have one new one. So thank you to Jerome York, to Cian Hazen, to <laughs> Scanders is what I said. He was like, should I update that to my real name? And I was like, I don't know, put whatever name you want. So he's he's now Chris Catchatorians. <laughs> his, his name might change, but that's the same person. Um, and Keith Seller. So thank you all for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you very much. Uh, so that's it. From the C and Hazen studio, this has been Gayish. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. Be alone. With us. Putting the, putting the O in alone. Putting the no in alone <laughs> no. I don't know. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I clicked record. I think that means we're starting soon, unless oh. we need to not start soon. Oh, yeah. Squiggly, squig, squiggles. Oh. Not that it matters, because I won't be talking in this part. Squiggle. Yep. Okay, great.